Tell mm. me about tell me about Silent Hill three. Hmm. Too many thoughts. <laughs> that's that's the that's hard to deconstruct right there. No, I'm not. Uh, okay, I put you on the spot. Um, Fuck. Yeah. So hi guys. Um, <laughs> we are uh, we're trying. Dead Palette and I are here trying something a little bit different this evening. Uh, we're gonna be taking a look at a couple of tales, and we're gonna. I'd like to alliterate this as short and shivery uh we may we're just gonna shotgun through a couple stories that are short but effective and then talk about them a little bit um i of course am your host david king proprietor of midnight marinara dead palette my now i would say co-host at this point is over here <laughs> Jesus, yeah somewhere <laughs> frequent co-host you're the closest thing i have to a co-host yeah. I mean, I guess you could kind of say Kayla is a co-host, but Kayla's not here, so. I'm the most pretentious one you have. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, tonight, for our inception to Short and Shivery, uh, we're going to be talking about a couple stories. Uh, Dead Palette recommended uh, Where Bad Kids Go, and following that, I pitched a story called Dancing Down an Indian Hallway in Darkness. So, without further ado, why don't we just go straight into where bad kids go? Do we have any preamble about this one? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, the Little Fears rendition of it, I think, is what it's most known by. Definitely. I mean, it says a lot about the Little Fears that uh, her video is the one that's linked at the bottom. Yeah, she's uh, disappeared. <laughs> Maybe. Never to return. Maybe she, uh, maybe she and Elliot have something in common from 1999. <laughs> Man, I, it's unfortunate that there's not more people uh, like her. I know how much of an impact she's had on your work. Yeah, and uh, Frosted Mini Fears, they're also really cool guys. Oh man, I like Frosted Mini Fears a lot. Shout out to Frosted Mini Fears. You guys rock. Keep doing what you do, okay? I'll keep supporting you. Yeah, they're good. Be on my show sometime. Yes. I would gladly have you on Undercooked Analysis. Or but hell, yeah. even a Midnight Marinara episode. Yeah, so let's uh, just get into this one then. All right. Uh, shall I start? I'm fine either way. All right. I must have been six or seven when I lived in Lebanon. The country was ravaged by war at the time, and murders were common and frequent. I remember during a particularly vicious era, when the bombings rarely stopped, I would stay at home, sitting in front of my television, watching a very, very strange show. It was a kid's show that lasted about 30 minutes and contained strange and sinister images. To this day, I believe it was a thinly veiled attempt on the part of the media to use scare tactics to keep kids in place, because the moral of every episode revolved around very uptight ideologies, stuff like Bad kids stay up late. Bad kids have their hands under the covers when they sleep. And bad kids steal food from the fridge at night. What if you're one of those people who needs to be under covers to feel comfortable, though? Like, it's completely innocent. <laughs> no. No such thing. That's... The religious law does not dictate that. Mm. It was very weird, and in Arabic, to top it off... I didn't understand much of it, but for the most part, the images were very graphic and comprehensive. 
The thing that stuck with me the most, however, was the closing scene. It remained much the same in every episode. The camera would zoom in on an old, rusted, closed door. As I got close to the door, strange and sometimes even agonizing screams would become more audible. It was extremely frightening, especially for our children's programming. Then a text would appear on the screen in Arabic reading, That's where bad kids go. Eventually, both the image and the sound would fade out, and that would be the end of the episode. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think we should just burn through it and then Yeah, comment. let's talk about it at the end. About 15 or 16 years ago, I became a journalistic photographer. That show had always been in my mind, all my life, popping into my thoughts sporadically. Eventually, I'd had enough and decided to do some research. I finally managed to uncover the location of the studio where much of that channel's programming had been recorded. Upon further research, and eventually traveling on, traveling on site, I found it was now desolate and had been abandoned after the big war ended. I entered the building with my camera. It was burned out from the inside. Either a fire had broken out, or someone had wanted to incinerate all of the wooden furniture. After a few hours of cautiously making my way into the studio and snapping pictures, I found an isolated out-of-the-way room. After having to break through a few old locks and managing to break the heavy door open, I remained frozen in the doorway for several long minutes. Traces of blood, feces, and tiny bone fragments lay scattered across the floor. It was a small room and an extremely morbid scene. What truly frightened me, though, what made me turn away and never want to come back, was the bolted, caged microphone hanging from the ceiling in the middle of the room. Jesus, that's... It's so good. It's so it's fucking good. great. It's so good. This is um, what creepy pasta is. This is what the inception of it is. These little unsettling tales. They don't take much to set up. They just, and the end leaves you either a, it leaves you with a sense of unease, dread, or genuine like horror. And this, yeah, this... without having to say much, does it does it so well. Yeah, you scroll down and you see these people who are like, I don't get it, but it's good. And it's like, yes, you're right. That's that's what this should be. That's uh, what this genre is about. Uh, the first comment I see down there is that. And then the response from three days ago is, ep is negative Mickey and Shades going, sigh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's um, that is just a great image. It has great images throughout it. Oh my gosh, yes. And it's and it's utilizing uh, very journalistically written text. It's not uh, purple prose. We don't even get a whole lot of descriptive words, right. but the images are are comprehensive, hmm. as as yeah. the author puts it. I I really love the fact that this is set in the uh, in the Middle East as well. Mm -hmm. Like there's something like about like that just by saying that the the narrator lived in Lebanon, like just says speaks volumes to a certain like what your perceptions are, even before they say it was the country was ravaged by war at the time, you know, and when you're it, talking about uh, Lebanon, 
that is not a country that Americans know a whole lot about. No. Like, there are certain, like, we always get this rap for being stupid and not knowing about the world and everything. But we especially don't know about places like Lebanon or, you know, Indonesia. These are very big countries with, you know, large populations that we don't really know about. We know about, you know, Iraq and Iran. We, you know, we have a vague idea of that. But something like Lebanon, we don't really have as much of a concept of. Right. You know? It's, it's really... It, it, works, it works in the story's favor. Yes. And it feels very personal, you know? Like, that's the other thing, too. The story feels very personal because of the way it's set up. This is a fine example of what creepy a creepypasta should do and should do right, especially when it's short like this. And, and here we have a someone who is professing to be a journalist, but how could you make a story about this, you know? How could you go to your editor and say, hey, I want to write about this. That's not going to fly. You're not going to get to write a story about this. So this seems like a journalist who just needed to get this information out there, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like, I don't have a forum to do this anywhere else. So, And, and maybe I don't want to put my journalistic uh, credibility on the line, so I'm just doing this anonymously. Which is... Very cool. There's there's layers upon layers of subtext, and the fact that it all comes clear in a very small amount of paragraphs, mm-hmm. like, says a lot. It's very condensed. It's uh, giving you a lot of information very quickly, um, and that that ending image is so visceral, and you can picture it in your head. You don't need a whole lot more than that. And it doesn't really mean a whole lot. It's just what this person discovered. And that's what I find so it's so fantastic about it. It also doesn't have a supernatural element. You just know this is this is to some extent this is real, you know? Yeah, I, I mean you you put this horror filter over it because of how it's written, but when you have something like uh, telling these uptight ideologies to children. And uh, Chris Straub talks about this with uh, Candle Cove, and I think he talked about it with Squidward Suicide as well, where um, you have that that trust between adults and adult, you know, creators and everything and children, and when that's broken, it's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening here is we're having these kids uh, be brainwashed, or or an attempt be made at brainwashing them? Yeah, which it cl- clearly doesn't have on the the author, although it or the narrator, although it does stick with the narrator. Yeah, and and you kind of get the sense that um the author is is being very candid here of like it, it gives you an insight that people in these countries aren't brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a documentary about uh, North Korea made by Vice where you start to see that even though everyone is like towing the line within North Korea, people know that it's all a sham, you know? Yeah. They just, no one will admit it. Right. And so this person with anonymity can speak very candidly about this experience. Definitely. It's it's fucking good. It's fucking good. So I'm fairly certain there's no author that we're supposed to credit here, right? I'm fairly certain this is anonymous. I think it is anonymous. And that's the sad thing about, 
both the sad and strong thing about some some creepypasta, you know? It's like mm-hmm. art for art's sake, you know? Yes, very much so. Mm. I know um, if you... And I, I want to recommend this to people who haven't done this already. If you really want to get into some really interesting uh, talks about creepypasta theory and how it plays out and some interesting stuff, uh, Dead Palette here does a lot of fantastic videos that have done a, a great a good number of them, I should say, that discuss creepypasta and discuss the genre, discuss it as a as an art form or as a as a media as a medium for storytelling and um they're worth looking into especially if you plan on taking this any of this seriously yeah and that's kind of the sad thing is uh we bemoan this all the time that creepypasta is not a term that fits what it actually is no of course that it's this very grounded thing that is meant to be taken seriously and we have all of these things that detract from that culturally we have the silly name we have some very popular works that are very silly that are considered creepypasta when they're they might not be and anything that you can just like small things will start to undermine that seriousness and that's sad which then then becomes what creepypasta is associated with you look at kids that I, i like i said it really hit home for me when i was at a um at comic con and i saw a kid like maybe a 12 or 13 year old kid dressed Kong's as Jeff the playing Killer. Jeff the Killer, yep. Yep. And he's talking about, I happened to, I just out of curiosity, I struck up a conversation with him and his dad. He's like, I, 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 you know, I'm trying to showcase my show wherever I can. So I gave him one of my business cards and he said, oh, creepypasta. Cool. I'll read this. And I, lo- I look up at his dad and his dad's like, I don't really get it. He's just really into it. And yeah. I'm like, do you have any favorites? And he's like, well, you know, and I'm like, I shouldn't have asked him that question because he listed no. all the smile dog. He listed um, he listed Squidward suicide. He, you know, the the ones everyone knows and don't necess- aren't necessarily should not be the poster for. Well, are the poster for creepy pasta, the word maybe, but not what we feel you and I feel the genre is. Yeah, I think that there's, um, because of that overwhelming silly image that's associated with creepypasta, a lot of people who would take it seriously are just so turned off by that that they don't get into it. Yeah. And that's, so I think that there's a silent uh, majority of people who would like it if not for the silliness. Mm -hmm. You know, people who would seek out the kind of content we make and seek out these kinds of stories if they knew that that kind of stuff was still being made. (laughs) (laughs) But it's unfortunate. Yeah, well, you know, this is is why we keep doing our thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Both of us. Um, Now, that being said, it's been a while since I've read this, so I'm going into it a little bit blind, but um, I really like the title of this next story we're covering, Dancing Down an Indian Hallway in Darkness. I am completely cold on this never read it once all right um tell you what you start this one and we'll just we'll just go along and at the end we can say our thoughts shall we okay my cousin recently moved here from oh god damn it <laughs> fuck fuck right off the bat fuck okay uh i want to know how to pronounce this properly uh Sekun- Sekunderabad? Sekun- Sekunderabad. 
Sincumberabad. Okay. My cousin recently moved here from Sincumberabad. <laughs> Fuck. My cousin recently moved here from India. There we go. There we go. On a recent road trip exploring America. Is that how you say that? Yeah, America. We were soon shooting the shit, exchanging ghost stories, and laughing at similarities and differences between American ghost stories and Indian ghost stories. When I asked her if she had any experiences with anything supernatural, her eyes widened as she averted her, uh, averted her eyes to the window. Just when the silence was about to be too much for me, she softly responded, Yes, a few. One is troubling. When I was a second year in college, I stayed in an all-girl hostel, a dorm. I made many friends. We were all very happy to be in school, away from our conservative parents. The hostel was so much fun, but it was a very, very old building. Electricity was only put in the rooms. Sometimes, candles were placed along the window if a watchman was present. But normally, once you left the rooms, you were faced with a complete darkness. It's common to wake up someone if you don't uh, if you needed to walk down the, to the restroom at the end of the hall. We all had childish fear. We all had a childish fear of being alone in the dark. One night, I had to use the restroom. It was about 4 a.m. I went to my friend's bed and tapped her on the arm. She immediately opened her eyes and as soon as I touched her. I apologized for bothering her and told her I needed to pee. She smiled at me and hopped out of bed. All the way down the hallway, she laughed and danced. I could not see her at all, but her bangles clacked together oddly, loudly, and the bells on her ankles jingled softly. It was very calming. I laughed and sashayed my hips down the hallway with her, too tired to match elaborate arm movements. She said nothing to me, though occasionally I heard her hum one of her favorite Bollywood songs. The same thing happened on our return. I fell back asleep easily. I awoke fairly late the next morning to the sound of men in our room. They surrounded her bed. I bolted from my bed prepared to protect my friend. When I realized they were administrators of the college, I peered over closely. My friend's lifeless eyes were fixated on my bed, the same smile on her face. Suicide. Her time of death was 11.30 p.m., almost five hours before I woke her. Oof. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Now, this story has been told before. Oh, yeah. This story is, is, has a proud tradition in uh, creepypasta of, like, uh, trying to think of some other ones. I had to pee was one. Yeah. Holy shit, that was fucking the same thing as I had to pee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't think about it, but you're right. Uh, please come. Yep. Um, it's kind of similar to um, uh, the most important news. There's, you know, that we've all heard this story before. The story about yeah. going to a friend doing a thing with a friend and then realizing said friend is, is dead and has been dead the whole time. Yeah. Um, but what this is bringing to the table is 
we're immediately getting a discussion about this too, uh, laughing at the similarities and differences between American ghost stories and Indian ghost stories. Mm-hmm. We're immediately getting that. Um, that's that's a little meta, really. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we we kind of get. Um, I don't know if you know this, but India is actually the largest English speaking country in the world. I did know this actually. I uh, I took a, uh, a course on um, on Buddhism in college, <laughs> and we covered a lot of uh, facts about India in during the during the course of this. So uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to me. And we're getting a good glimpse into um, this lifestyle where we're talking about uh, conservative parents and everything, and they're kind of getting to escape that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea that like college is a liberating thing you're you're getting a good sense of their college experience mm-hmm. and um y- you get wonderful images some of the sentences are a little clunky and i kind of like that yeah it's, we're talking about uh someone who has english as a second language but does know it pretty well um, right but well, we get these I mean, wonderful images of like sashaying down the hallway and stuff. Like, I really love that scene. I really love that. The the. I mean, it's it's why. I mean, part of the reason I I read this story was because I really liked the title. It's a fucking great title, right? And and then I I was expecting something something interesting based on that title, and I did. I got it. I love I love the image of that. They're going down this dark hall and um. The narr- the the storyteller doesn't see her friend, but she hears the sounds of the bangles and the jangling, and they're laughing together. They're having a good time together, just kind of being alone in the dark. And I like that it's 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 like a weird comforting thing, you know? Yeah, and and it's a uh, it's got to be both disturbing and comforting to the the author of this because. Clearly, she's <laughs> happy or dead. She oh she she was so joyous in the hallway and everything. Yeah, but she had committed suicide. We don't know why. There was never any inclination there, and I don't think we need it. No. The story is enough as it is. I think it's just told well, and uh, and it carries on. Again, this just goes to show that there's there's not a lot you can do with stories these days without recycling something that already existed, but you put the right spin on it, you give it your own edge, you your own ankle, and you'll have something uh, something enjoyable. Yeah, I think that you... I mean, m- my opinion of uh, plagiarism has always been if you can come up with something that is transformative or put your perspective into it, then that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just... Uh, as of the recording of this, I just released my version of Dead Bart because I love Dead Bart, but I think that there was some problems with it. It was dated. I tried to fix it. Right. You know, and, and make it how I would write that. And, there and so some... I took whole parts of it and just copied and pasted, and then other parts are just dramatically different. Right. It's it's funny, too, because um, I, I agree with you there. I, I mean, I, I get that. I've done... There are stories I've looked at for Midnight Marinera where the, there's the premise is good. I like the idea. I think it could have gone a completely different direction. And ultimately, I didn't use those stories. But part of me wonders if there's a way I can use the similar premise and then give it my own spin to be the story I want it to be, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And I won't say what those stories are, but um, trust when I say that if I did do those, they would just be my own things with similar themes. Or but not I mean, my I, own I, things, or at least my own take on a similar theme. I have some things written right now that I'm going to put out eventually where, yeah, I'm just straight up stealing stories, but I think people are going to see that I've, you know, tried to transform it a whole lot. Transformative and, fiction. Yeah, we'll... we'll see hear those when we get there but uh the bollywood song thing it's just mm. it's absolutely great i i like uh, gr- i like great phrasing movies. too oh my gosh yes like this i I'm, I'm i'm glad you hadn't heard of this story before and i'm glad i could share it with you yes it's really good <laughs> well i'd say it i mean i there doesn't i don't know if there's much more to be said it just i think there's a few more things to be said i think uh go for it uh the the setup for the last paragraph is is really good i awoke fairly late uh the next morning to the sound of men in our room that is really fucking ominous off the bat what's Mm -hmm. happening it's around to the bed like there's this you know in a very short story like this the beginning of this paragraph is a lot of tension really yeah. quick of like hey guys welcome to the twist and it's and you don't know what the twist is yet yeah and the and just reading those few sentences the suspense is really good it is oh definitely <laughs> uh they did a it's it, again much like our previous story this is this the story builds in a very superb way but in a very subtle way again um the paragraph before this where it's just the two of them dancing down the Indian hallway in darkness is just such a lovely scene, you know? Yeah. And, and you just know because of the nature of the story that something, something weird is going on here, but you can't help but like enjoy the fact that these two are like bonding. They feel liberated. They're sashaying their hips along yeah. this hallway, which is inherently feels like a very, you know, it's, it's a very charged image, you know? I mean, seems fairly innocent by, by their standards, but you know, again, they come from, this is, you know, the, that freeing idea coming from conservative families. Yeah, and it's hard to um, describe the images that it forms in my head, but I very quickly go to, uh, you know, my experiences with dorms and what those are like and everything. Mm-hmm. And this idea of, uh, yeah, just that liberation. It's so hard to put a better descriptor on it, but they're so liberated here. <laughs> yes. And, and so... It's weird to think that suicide was liberation for this girl. Mm, yes. And you and you can't you can, you know, try and let your mind wander about what the suicide was caused by, but she was clearly liberated by it. Right. Well, you, she's smiling in death even. Yes. And it's a it's a very uh beautiful bittersweet ending. Mhm. And I don't think that there's enough of those in Creepypasta. Yeah. I, tr- I try and write those whenever I can where there's uh, an unsettling ending and a happy ending at the same time. And you've done it successfully, I'd say. Thank you. I mean, um, oh gosh, uh, Screwdriver is one of yeah. those. Yeah, I, I, that's the one I was thinking about specifically. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We, you know what? We, we had talked about this earlier. Uh, one of these days... I want to get you and I together, and we'll just do a uh, we'll do a slime beast slam fest, and we'll just read a bunch of slime beasts uh, shorter fiction, 
But in return, I think Slime Beast and I need to get together and just <laughs> yes. read transcripts of your fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hard to do because it all most of it just exists out there in video form. Yeah. I have both stories written down, though. Well, maybe we'll ask you for a couple. With all their glorious uh, spelling mistakes and syntax errors. Oh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll make that my plug for this video. Screwdriver. Screwdriver. Go listen to it. It's good. Have we not plugged screw? I'm, I'm, I plugged some of your stories every so often. The one I think feel like gets has the record is Salt, but I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with this man here. Check out Screwdriver. It's a good one. <laughs> uh, as as the author of it, yeah, I'll tell you, it's fucking good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, but, um, wonderful story. I'm glad I was introduced to it. I'm and glad. I hope that I hope this introduces it to people who watch this video. I hope so too. Or podcast, whatever this is. And uh, and same with uh, where where bad kids go. I mean, mm-hmm. I had, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I'd read it before, but it's funny how coming back to it after a long gap refreshes your memory. So it almost felt like I was rereading it for the first time again. You know. You know, I, I had I I read it not too long ago, but it has that uh, staying power. It certainly does. And really, like, these are both very, they're both different stories, but they're also very similar stories in some ways, too. Like, um, I mean, maybe maybe one has more staying power than another, but it, they're, or they both have similar staying power, but in different ways. And the, the, it's, the, the, fir- our first story was a little bit more horrific, outwardly horrific. This one is surreal and kind of beautiful in a bittersweet way. You know, it's, it's, uh, very strangely reminding, like this is a bit of a stretch, but if you've ever seen uh, the original movie, Let the Right One In, mm-hmm. there's just like this beautiful little romance that develops between uh, children and they're just kind of through meeting each other liberated. And that's where my mind is kind of going. It's Liberation. just the, these these girls dancing down the hallway is just such a beautiful image and it's such a uh, condensed thing here where you're just getting this image really quickly in very few sentences. So it's hard to like break down uh, how vivid an image it makes. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you pr- people who listen to this will probably bring a lot of their own experiences into this. Yeah. That being said, as always, when uh, we've been, what we've been doing lately, uh, tell us what you think, leave some comments. We want to hear. Uh, and if you enjoy our spin on some short and shivery stories, uh, Pitch us some more. We'll probably do more of these. I actually like shotgunning like these little stories, two, three, maybe even four at a time. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, until next time, this is uh, the Undercooked Analysis Gang <laughs> uh, signing off, I suppose. Peace. Adios. And uh, don't go dancing down Indian hallways unless you can really confirm that uh, you know some Bollywood songs. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.